This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me as always is your co-host, Andy Hart. <laughs> hey, Art. Hey, so good to be here with you today. <laughs> oh, uh, you're, 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 you're Andy from uh, way up north. Oh, geez, yeah. I put all my smiles in a bag and I brought them here on the show. <laughs> Don't you know? Geez, it's so good to be here with all you bunk funkies uh, out here. <laughs> Uh, enjoying life together. Wow. Andy, a beacon of positivity today. Oh, geez. Yeah. You gotta be positive. You gotta stay positive. Have good thoughts. Good things will come to you. Otherwise, the bad thoughts seep in. Yeah, that's true. It's real easy to get bad thoughts in your head, and then you do some wild stuff, (laughs) like setting things on fire. Um, geez. Well, uh, Andy, that's very fitting because, uh, I mean... Today's uh today's topic it does involve fire and so in one, oh. in one aspect. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Uh you know, lots of people who have bad thoughts in their heads sets casinos on fire. <laughs> they do. They do. There's and- that old <laughs> saying, it's such a cliche. Oh, keep the bad thoughts away or else you'll set a casino on fire. And it's so true. <laughs> well, we're not only talking about fire, Andy, but we're also talking about fire's elemental opposite. Water. Oh, fire water, and water. Fire and water. They don't mix. They don't mix. They don't like each other. They hate each other. But this today's Almost topic, as much as oil and water. Or right. water in my body. Water so contentious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so free-flowing. We'll, we'll take to any shape, but mm, does not like to be uh, told what to do. Oh, yeah. Water. Oh, you pretend you're easygoing <laughs> water. We know the real truth. You're intractable. Oh, H2O. Let me just, oh, let me H2O. You think you're all that and your bag of waters. <laughs> well, bunkfuckers, we're going to be seeing your H2O face today because we're not only are we giving you. We're going to make you come. <laughs> it's true. With we're water. Not only, we're not only giving you one topic. No. Not even two. No. Andy, not even three. No. 800 topics. <laughs> well, Andy. Oh, stop making oh, promises. No. 
Stop cashing checks that our butts can't write. <laughs> or whatever that phrase goes. Stop stop writing checks that your butt can't enjoy. <laughs> That's right. Uh, if your butt is an such ATM. A, such a cliche. Stop writing checks or you'll set a casino on fire. <laughs> These fucking casinos. They better watch out for us. Uh, no, Andy, we're doing four different topics today. Four topics. Whew, that's two double headers. That's right. This is a double, a double, double header. This is a double, double header. And the genesis of this topic, Andy, oh. uh, the, 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 the lead topic, the to talk the, about the this topic runner. in the terms of Abrahamic religions. <laughs> sure. The genesis of this topic. Oh, there you go. Uh, we're little talking biblical about humor, bunk funkers. We're talking about water babies, water babies, water babies, water babies. I remember that toy. Oh, the 80s. Such a great time for toys. You had Cabbage Patch Kids, Garbage Pail Kids, the Water Babies. A lot of kid-based toys. The Fire Babies, the Air Babies, the Earth Babies. The whole Aristotle line of of kids' dolls. (laughs) But Andy, today's topic comes to us from a a bunk funker, a a listener. Uh, Water Babies was suggested by Shaquam. Shaquam. Thank you, Shay. Thank you. Um... And uh, thank you for sending in this water baby topic. Yeah. And we tacked on three other Nevada urban legends, paranormal legends. This is a whole paranormal Nevada menagerie. What's Nevada called? The Silver State? Oh, sure. (laughs) It is now. Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. Um, You're going to get the story of water babies, which is kind of like a monster, cryptid-y, paranormal-y legend. You're going to get um, some haunted whorehouses, a haunted Ooh. hotel, wow. and a haunted casino. Wow. So you're getting you're getting the full gamut. This is a uh, uh, a real smorgasbord, a hespej. I was right. The Silver State. Uh, that's the, the Silver o- State. That's the official nickname, also known as the Sagebrush State and the Battleborn State. Ooh. Well, you know what, Andy? This might be all about the Silver. What is it? The Silver State? Silver State. The Silver State. But this is a gold star episode. And uh, thanks again to Shaquam for uh, sending in this topic. Hey, Art, here's a little trivia for you. Do you know the capital city of Nevada? Carson City. Wow. Look at this. This guy knows his U.S. state capitals. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Don't ask me any other states. <laughs> okay. I won't. Um, you know what, Bunkfuckers, of course, as always, if you can't wait to get to all four of those topics, I mean, if you're really hungry, this is a four-topic this is a four four course meal. Four course meal, yeah. Um, as always, there's you a- got your your soup, you got your salad, you get your entree, you get a dessert. Mm, I would say appetizer, soup or salad, then entree, then dessert. Mm, okay. Why are you getting soup and salad? What kind of restaurant is this? I like soup and salad. You get both? Sure. Why not? That's a little much. Why not? It's a little egregious. You're gonna mm. get really full before your main course. What's the difference between appetizer, soup or salad versus soup? Well, and the appetizers salad? have. They're basically uh, shitty little portions of entrees marked up at uh, outrageous costs. That's why appetizers are fun. <laughs> All right. Ideal four-course meal. Jalapeno poppers. <laughs> uh, Texas Southwest Ranch salad. <laughs> okay. I know where we're at. Riblets. <laughs> Bottomless. <laughs> All you can eat. And hot fudge Sunday. There you go, baby. We're at the Also Apple- bottomless. We are at the Applebee's, and we're going to be bottomless by the end of this episode. <laughs> We're at the Applebee's. If you can't wait to get to this whole Applebee's of or Chili's, whichever it is. Yeah, forget the whorehouse. Let's go to Applebee's. Let's looking for Applebee's. that strange. Getting some strange at Applebee's. Uh, as always, there's a timestamp in the show notes in the episode description. You can check it out. Skip to when the research begins. Because first, Andy and I got to talk to you about what's going on in our lives. In our personal lives. 
And Lives of the Daddies, the lore. This is the lore section. Yeah, this is the... <laughs> Slash intro, the skippable section. Skip it. <laughs> Get rid of it. Don't listen. This is the re- This is what we call the reason the timestamp exists. Yeah, baby. Um, So, you know, Bunk Funkers, Art, and I got to update you, obviously. You know by this point, we are two daddies. Two daddies. Uh, we have a family now. Big family. Uh, which we co-parent. Uh, we are two daddies. We have our two babies who are uh, our teenage uh, undead Sasquatch Peon Musk and our adult baby David Crosby. That's right. Um, and yeah, we're we're living the life. Um, this week was uh, we had some we had some interesting uh, events this week. Um, yeah, we 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 didn't know if we should bring up what happened this week on the show because it is a little bit incriminating. But uh, you know, we'll we'll get to that. Andy and I, you know. We're two daddies, and we've talked about this before. We yeah. like to go out and hunt strange at the Applebee's. Right. Try to get laid. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we're two daddies. We're two busy daddies. We're busy daddies. Uh, we're, you know, podcasters. Uh, yeah, carting those kids around. We're- In a minivan. Yeah, we're driving kids around <laughs> to their various activities. We're pretending to be local bus drivers. Driving by the schools. Yeah. Uh, pushing kids out. We obey speed limits. Picking them up. Um. We're busy, and you know, keeping up with housework is such a chore. So you know, Art and I decided, like, hey, we got to get some help around here. We got to get some help. We started to look into getting an au pair, and mm-hmm. of course, we got a little confused, bunk funkers. I said, hey, why are we looking at fruit? Yeah, <laughs> how's a bunch of pears gonna help us out? We did get a crate of Bartlett pears out we of the did. deal. Delicious oh, pears, so good. Oh, so good, so juicy, so, so ripe. Oh, 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 poach them in wine. Oh, oh, they're so good. What a treat! Summertime pears. Oh, summertime, summertime, summertime pears. You get your Anjou pears. Oh, oh, baby, this prickly pears. pears. Oh, and these pears were great. Uh, they did this very fun sponsorship with the West Wing. These are Bartlett pears. <laughs> Jed Bartlett pears. All the little pears are wearing a fun little jacket. Uh, they all have arms. Uh, they one of their shoulders doesn't work. <laughs> That's right. So they put the jacket on in an idiosyncratic way. Are, you know, all the pairs had were paired up with little tinier pairs who are very rambunctious and wild and all over the mm-hmm. place. They were little uh each pair had a little miniature uh pear that was also a bird uh that rested on his shoulder. These were parrots. Um <laughs> They were delicious yeah. pears, but after we That was apparent. After we after we engorged on fruit. Jesus Christ. After we engorged on fruit. We decided to actually get some real help. Yeah. We looked up the definition of au pair, and it's basically like a live-in nanny. Yeah. And we said, that's what we want. That's what we want. So we did the only thing that I know how to do when you need anything is you go to Craigslist and you put out you put out a listing, you you know, MM for question mark. And now Andy, explain again what that stood for, that code. You know, that two males. Okay, two males. For Question mark. Right. Okay. Looking for. Yeah. Whatever. Looking for anything. Now. <sighs> and then we explain we need a nanny to right. live in our home. Right. So we need help with jobs around the house. So we were looking for HJs. Um, and we were looking for, you know, book jobs. There's a lot. There's a bulk of jobs. So we're looking for BJs. Um, you know, we the need rims, help. the rims on the, the bunker minivan need, need, need cleaning. So we were looking for rim Rim jobs. We need help vacuuming. We were looking for help with suck jobs. 
um, you know. And and quite honestly, there's a lot of 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 washing of clothing that needs to be done. So we're looking for wet work. Yeah. Um, and we got a range of responses. Yeah. I mean, I don't think some people know how to use Craigslist yeah. properly because there's a lot of perverts out there. Yeah. You should be taking these kind of searches to I think some people maybe I don't know. Maybe people listening to this don't know how to use the Internet. Yeah. Um, you should not be going to Craigslist and searching for porn. You should be going to porn sites and searching for porn. Right. And you definitely shouldn't be. You know, clicking the link to an email address in a right. Craigslist listing, right, and emailing porn searches, right, which is what a lot of what we got were. It, I mean, this was a very like wholesome post. It was two. We said two hunky daddies, uh, large hogs, uh, very very Chad like, very attractive. I mean, I mean, I mean, we, uh, yeah, and like we want to be. It's honest. Like, it's like this people, people know this is not some sort of cosplay because we right. included pictures of ourselves shirtless <laughs> right. at Thick Bush right. Country Club. Yeah, well, the, where they kicked us out. Right. Um, um, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's two, like, two daddies. It's fully verified. Yeah. Looking for HJs, BJs, Sub rim jobs, job jobs. jobs. I mean, that was the description. And I don't understand how anybody could think that it was anything other than we want to live in nanny to take care of our children. Right. I mean, we literally laid it all out there. We said in the post that you must be into boys. Yeah, because we have two boys. You want barely legal teens and babies. <laughs> and because we have a, a kind of atypical, you know, we said like, hey, you got to be into step-sibling stuff. Right. Because, you know... Some people maybe aren't as accustomed to our situation. They might think we're we're akin to like a step family. Right. Which, you know, so we said you got to be into step family stuff. Right. And we said, you know, you got to be comfortable with group stuff because we like to do things together as a family. We don't want to, we don't, we, you know, this is a live in nanny right, situation. Right, right. So we want the nanny to feel a part of the family. And, you know, we want somebody who's kind of going to be a part of the family and wants to play our favorite game. So we were saying you have to be into taboo things, right? Yeah. We, cause love if you're not here to play taboo, yeah, what mean, are you doing? Well, you're, you're not going to get along with us. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what, what kind of a world would we live in if we couldn't have our, you know, weekly taboo week, nights, weekly taboo and sausage night. Where we cook up sausages and then play taboo as a family. <laughs> Everybody loves taboo and sausage. Oh God. So we got a whole range of just disgusting, um, yeah. really just vile replies that I think Craigslist should just be shut down. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Really, the whole site this should just This is not be... a place for daddies. No, no. Wholesome daddies like us. Oh, yeah. I mean, these are two wholesome, pure, you know, yeah, pure wholesome daddies. And I so... mean, and we even put that in there. I mean, sure, the W key on our keyboard doesn't work. But we said we were wholesome daddies. And yet we get all these unwholesome responses. Well, we have, you know, we we just, you know, we got a, we just said that we, you know, we had a tight fit. Right. We have, we're we looking have for a tight exacting fit. standards. We're looking for a tight fit who's going to be a tight knit member of this community. Right. This family. Right. So um, eventually one. I mean, one, we said, we did say size is important, but not a deal breaker because. <laughs> That's right. We're not opposed to hiring a, you know, half a foot tall. Nanny, but it would be difficult. Be it presents difficult. some challenges. It would be very much like an Indian in the cupboard kind of situation where they live in our cupboard. And uh, we don't, I mean, it's like, you know, it, what, we're going to hire some 
some little tiny two inch tall nanny. It, it takes her like two days to wash a glass. I mean, right, come on, right? Bunk it, bunkers. It just it just makes a lot of challenges. We're gonna be like, hey, where's the food? We're gonna be waiting a whole week for her to bring a whole plate of mashed potatoes over to the plate. Right. Come on. Yeah. Hire a two-inch tall nanny. Yeah. Now, one response did stand out from the pack. Oh. Head and shoulders above the pack. Um, and and we just like we basically decided to bring this person in uh mm-hmm. for a tryout, for a trial period. And yeah. I gotta say, incredible. Things were going great. I mean, this was uh you know, and what a what a story. What a personality. Um she's she's an immigrant. That's uh, right. She's from Scotland. From Scotland. Her name is uh Mrs. Insecure Flame. And I mean, she She just showed up and she was so full of life. So so energetic. I mean, the accent yes. is great. Uh what a treat to have that thick Scottish brogue. Oh, and she was just lovely with the kids. I mean, oh, so Peon took to kids. her immediately. Yeah. Baby David, Cros- adult baby David Crosby took to her immediately, probably because, you know, they have a similar hairstyle. Um, very, you know, both gray hair. Very gray. Yeah. So he saw a lot of himself in her. Yeah. Yeah, they do have, they do look a lot alike. And she was just wonderful. Uh, you know, such a big, I mean, this just, just the picturesque nanny, big Big bosom that you could just get lost in. Yeah, big bosom, you know. Just huggable. rippling muscles. Huge, Everything you want in there. Huge nanny. biceps. You know, that she can, like, lift things and, and move things and, and, and help out with a, you know, probably 400-pound undead teenage Sasquatch son. Right. I mean, you need that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, a, and an above 200-pound adult baby David. That's right. Crosby. And uh, by the way, yeah, I mean, he might need to uh, shed a couple pounds. <laughs> Let's be real. He's definitely in the 99th percentile for his uh, age. <laughs> I know bunkfuckers get mad at me when I talk about my baby's weight live on the air, but I'm sorry. It's my kid. I could do whatever I want. We're not shaming him. It's our job as daddies to help him get on the right path in life. We have to keep an eye on his health. So, I mean, she has just been a bundle of joy. I mean, there is one particular moment I remember, and I'll always remember, where um, yeah. she got pied in the face. Just this huge whipped cream pie in the face. Yeah. <laughs> just cream. Yeah, I yep. mean, you know, we didn't think to put in that risk of being cream pied, but, you know, it happens around Beyond here. Dion likes to throw cream pies. Yeah, so, you know. Mrs. Insecure Flame got cream pied by... It's a good thing because here's the thing. We should have put these to be into cream pies into the message on Craigslist. We should have put like... Should have been a cream pie enthusiast. Yeah, because I don't think that Mrs. Insecure Flame was too thrilled about getting cream pied. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But um, otherwise, I mean, she's just been a bundle of joy. She made a, a very funny joke about bangers and mash. Yeah. I can't remember it because I can't understand anything she says. I know. It's very Such thick, a accent. thick accent. It's me, Mrs. Insecure Flame. Oh, here I am. Oh, come here, little peon. Rock me like a hurricane. Really into scorpions. She loved scorpion. Favorite band. Uh, um, a lot of 80s power metal ballads. Yeah. Joe Esposito. Joe Esposito. <laughs> Uh, I need a hero. <laughs> she would say things like that. Yeah. But in her Scottish brogue. But in her Scottish brogue, yeah. 
Um, you know, and she seemed to have like a real knowledge of the bunker, uh, took to it very quickly, knew all yeah. the little secret hidey holes and all the other. I mean, this things. is like some sort of nanny sixth sense because Mrs. Must Insecure Flame came in here, figured out everything yeah. almost instantly, almost as if she'd been here before. That's true. For almost as if she had built the bunker. That's right. And almost like she had lived here by herself for a long time. And At one point in time, you know, we showed her the plat of survey for the uh, the bunker, and she said, "Yeah, I got it." Yeah, got a couple seconds. She had it down. Yeah, it's you know one of the things you always want to do with your nanny in case you're not doing this at home, other daddies, is always show the survey of your property. To it's any- one of the first things we did because they she really- came in, tried to shake our hands, and we shoved a plat of survey in her hand instead. It said, "No, no, 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 no." You look at this first. The nanny really needs to know where the property lines are so they know where to mow. <laughs> Don't mow the neighbor's yard. That's the number one rule here at the bunker. And Mrs. Insecure Flame had no problem with it. She had no problems with it. Um, you know, it's. I mean, I just it's it's unbelievable how well things were working out because it is like you know I mean we're working out, Andy. Yeah, and Mrs. Insecure Flame really kept us on task. I, Mrs. Insecure Flame helped us as much as she helped David Crosby and Peon Musk. She made us learn a lot of things about. Yeah. Caring for your family and, and yeah. being there and loving and, 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 and being together. Yeah. And the importance of a daddy's role yeah. in your child's life. But yeah, even even when things didn't go right and Mrs. Insecure Flame ruined dinner and set her humongous bosom on fire. You know, things that worked out because she ordered, you know, carry out from, a, right. from a five star restaurant. <laughs> Five Michelin stars. Five Michelin stars. The greatest restaurant on earth. <laughs> wow. Five Michelin stars. Now, here's the thing. Down the street we are, from the bunker. We are unsure if this is a... We're pretty sure, but it is a... They do sell tires at this restaurant. And, you know, I mean, it's it's a Michelin restaurant. It's a, Michelin, it's a five-star Michelin restaurant. Yeah. You go on the Yelp, you see the five stars. Five stars. And I'm telling you, these were delicious microwave burritos. Michelin tires. Ooh, Ooh. so good. Oh, Go try it out, bunkfuckers, if you're ever near the bunker. Ooh. Michelin tires. Bon appetit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously we teased it up top. Um, yeah. We didn't know if we wanted to bring up Mrs. Insecure Flame. Insecure Flame because of what happened next. Yeah. Um, yeah. It uh, came as a shock. This happened actually just this morning. Just, <laughs> just this morning. Um, yeah. We... We were, uh, you know, this is insecure flame. We were, we were both sleeping in our beds. That's right. We have twin beds, uh, that we don't push together. Right. Uh, and we were awoken to Mrs. Insecure flame, you know, picking each one of us up under either side of her arms. Right. Her large beefy arms. And, you know, carrying us down here to the studio. Right. And throwing us in. And demanding that we podcast. And we were confused. Yeah. And we didn't understand why. Yeah. Um, but then she explained that there was an intruder in the house. Yeah. And lo and behold, this deranged looking man, uh, also with large beefy arms. Large beefy arms. Uh, smaller than average bosom. <laughs> Almost no bosom. Uh, very much less so than Mrs. Insecure Flame. Yeah. Kept, 
I, I mean, this is clearly a deranged person. Yes. Uh, shouting nonsense. Right. And he was saying all these weird things like, it's me, Mr. Bunker. I've returned yet again yeah. to to force you to podcast and do these. Uh, Why don't you idiots get it? This is like the fifth time I've done this and I keep announcing myself. I mean, it's just, it's what nonsense. What more do I have to do? And then he, he went on this long diatribe, this almost soliloquy. Yeah. Where it was like he was blaming himself for picking us. And I guess he never realized how much how incompetent we were and how it's like, it's a very simple concept. Why do we have to make it so hard? Right. And it, and, and just on and on and on about how, you know, this shouldn't have been so easy for him. And like now it's, it's even easier, but it's more frustrating because we're somehow getting less intelligent by the day and stuff. And it's just like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. What is this guy? Who are you? But like we said, this is a deranged man, clearly. And uh, he then uh, pulled out a large axe. Yeah. And uh, he murdered Mrs. Insecure Flame. Yeah. Cold blood. Cleaved cleaved Mrs. Insecure Flame in two. Into two. Two halves of a whole nanny. Yeah. It's it pretty, pretty gruesome. Just fucking horribly gruesome. Um... But bunkfuckers, you know, uh, yes, there was a full nanny murder, a Craigslist murder, yeah, on the bunker property. You're in the bunker, and we admit that. Yeah, we watched it happen, and yes, it happened just this morning, and now we're podcasting. Sure. And no, we haven't contacted the authorities. No, we have not tried to reach out to Mrs. Insecure Flames' family in Scotland. How would we get a message across the pond? We don't know anybody in Scotland. We don't know anybody there. What are we supposed to do? Just start calling? Random Scottish people? I mean, how, I mean, there's got to be... That's such a common last name, Mrs. Insecure Flame. It's Everybody in Scotland it's the has the national name. name of Scotland. It's like 90% of people have that last name in Scotland. I mean, being called Mrs. Insecure Flame is like being called John Smith in the USA. <laughs> that's right. So... I mean, we could just start dialing for dollars, but I don't see how that helps. I mean, if, sure, we could go to the police, but... You know how they are. Yeah. Around here, I mean, they don't like to come to the bunker for some yeah, reason. For some reason. A lot of people, you know, we can't get a pizza delivered up here either. Yeah. So. Yeah, we definitely can't can't get Applebee's delivered either. <sighs> Applebee's on wheels. They bring the strange to you. <laughs> well, we keep calling them and asking for the strange, and they keep telling us to stop calling. I don't know why they don't get it. We're regulars. <laughs> We're VIPs at Applebee's. We're Apple VIPs. Um, but you know what, bunkfuckers? Uh, RIP to Mrs. Insecure Flame. She will be missed. She will be missed. They don't Craigslist don't make them like they used to. No. <laughs> I mean, I guess now we'll just have to get some pervert to watch our kids. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think it's a fucking pervert. Some fucking shitty ass pervert. Oh well. Hey, if bunkfuckers, if you have any more leads on another great nanny like Mrs. Insecure Flame, please let us know. Yeah, we're always looking for nannies. <clears throat> um, you know what? Speaking of 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 people, we're always looking for. We're always looking for patrons. We are, and this week we have a excellent one who's going to get a very own bunker alarm. Oh my god! Um, we do. This is a very special, auspicious occasion. We have a new, oh, so suspicious. we have a new <laughs> so suspicious. Uh, we have a new patron 
Um, and for that reason, we're going to fire up the uh, old bunk tech. Ooh, bunk, dust it off. Dust it off. The bunk tech bunker alarm 3000, uh, the most sophisticated piece of alarm sounding uh, equipment in technological history. Very true. Um, so uh, let me just say right away, uh, welcome. Uh, thank you. Uh, we appreciate your support to our newest patron, Sarah Walker. Sarah Walker. Walker. Texas patron. Texas patron. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah, we appreciate your support. We're so glad uh, to have you uh, as a patron of this podcast. That's right. Um, and for your listening pleasure. And your hilarious comments on the Discord. Oh, yeah. Great addition. Discord is popping. Oh, Discord's great. Uh, uh, Sarah, you're uh, a great addition to the Discord, too. <laughs> great addition. But, uh, Sarah, thank you so much for your patronage. And uh, and this bunker alarm is, uh, yeah, this, is for you. This bunker alarm for you. Um, so let me just uh, go ahead and, and queue up a, an alarm here. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. We got the sounds up really good today. Go. Yeah. Oh, that mechanical keyboard. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, Got to clean the desk. Ugh. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Sorry, I had... Sorry, some of... Uh, that is not a Mrs. keyboard. Some of Mrs. Insecure's Flames haggis is... Uh, Working its way through me. Uh, anyway, uh, here we go. Here's a good alarm. Uh, let's go. Uh, now, Sarah, we're going to do a countdown oh. from three because it's classic. It's classic. We don't need to with a sophisticated piece of equipment like the Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm 3000, but no, it's be. a lot more fun that way. Yeah. So here we go. Three, two, one. Bunker alarm was for you. Thank you again for your patronage. Thank you. Um, we look forward to many years of <laughs> successful Discord chatting. Successful Discord chatting. Uh, <laughs> thank you again, Sarah. We appreciate it, and um, thank you, Bunk Funkers, uh, yes, for being here. And uh, you know what? Let's get into it. Let's let's take a oh. little road trip. To Nevada, the Silver State. Ooh. Uh, for this Gold Star episode on Water Babies and other paranormal legends of Nevada. Title pending. Here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. We're going on a desert drive. So come on. Bunkfuckers, today we're bringing you not one, not two, not even three, but four creepy paranormal legends from Nevada. And I mean, Andy, this is like we're giving you the whole tapas plate on these topics today, but each plate is the whole enchilada. <laughs> uh, we got all the conspiracy food groups covered here. Meaty fillings, tortillas, sauce, and garnish, which 
ironically, is also the food group pyramid we've been promoting to the government. None of this bullshit about fruits and vegetables, meat fillings, tortillas, sauce, and garnish. It's all you need, baby. Well, maybe a little ranch every once in a while. Wink. Just a little ranch. Wink. Or maybe more. Wink. <laughs> we won't tell. Wink. You have a little dollop and ranch. Wink. At the top of the pyramid, you're not supposed to have too much. You sell only. Wink. Ooh, it's at the top of the pyramid. That means it can ooze down all over the other categories <laughs> in the pyramid. Wink. But what we will tell you about is our first serving of paranormal legends from Nevada. The water babies. Now, this legend comes to us uh, from the area near Pyramid Lake in Nevada. And Pyramid Lake, oh, is a beautifully scenic area northeast of Reno, spanning 125,000 acres. It's a big old lake. That's a lot. Uh, so scenic, in fact, Andy, that Apple included it as a home screen option on the original iPad. I mean, I got to say, ooey goo goo ga yeah. to bring back my catchphrase. This <laughs> catchphrase. Ooey goo goo ga. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Now, fishermen come from all over to snag the the Tui Chub or the Chewy Ooey Lake Sucker or the Lahotan Cutthroat Trout. All fantastic fish names and even better names for a penis, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. What's up? Kooey Ooey Lake Sucker. The Kooey Ooey Lake Sucker? Come on. The Tui Chub. But hey, this beautiful lake has room for swimming, kayaking, paddleboarding alike. It's a really beautiful scene. But does it have a dark side? Is it home? To the Water Babies. Water Babies, believe it or not, was not a much inferior cartoon to its Muppet counterpart. Wow, a Muppet Babies reference from Andy. Who would have thought? You know, Andy, I don't normally talk about my child star past, but uh, I was actually on that show. I don't know. Maybe you missed it. Wow. Yeah, I played Kermit's bullfrog cousin, Linus, who had gangrenous legs. It seemed like a fun idea. Hey, listen, it seemed yeah. like a fun idea. And I know that's why we're laughing. It seemed like a fun idea on paper. You know, there's like a, there's, there's definitely room for like a fun song there where Kermit and I sing about how it's, it's not easy having gangrene, but the visuals scarred a lot of children. And, uh, ultimately I was let go. Uh, art, uh, I mean, thanks for sharing. Uh, but I gotta say your child star past makes a lot of sense. And a character with decaying flesh fits your personality well. well. I'm open. Yeah. That was Jim Henson Company. Yeah. Art's available. The Henson Company. You want to bring back Linus? You want to bring back Linus, Kermit's bullfrog cousin? With gangrenous with gangrenous legs? legs? He could be Kermit's bullfrog cousin, Linus, with no legs. Yeah. What's happened to him between then and now? He had the, yeah. I mean, that was Muppet Babies. This could be adult Linus now. Yeah. There you go. He had his legs, he had his legs amputated. Surgically removed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's a fun story, a bullfrog with no legs. There's a there's a good Kids one. Kids will like that. Kids will love it. Um <clears throat> anyway, but water babies <laughs> can be anything from ghouls, ghosts, or even little monsters. Some believe they are little tricksters seeking to abuse any human who goes near the shoreline. Others believe they are murderers that crave human flesh with only one goal death. The legend of these water babies was birthed by the local Native American tribes who still reside near Pyramid Lake to this day. In fact, a portion of the lake sits on tribal land. There is little literature on water babies, but their legend has spread to lakes and rivers in California, Idaho, Utah, and Nevada. 
The legend goes that the local tribes, mostly consisting of uh, Paiute peoples, would weed out the weak and unhealthy by tossing these sickly babies into the lake to drown. Then their angry little baby spirits would take over the lake itself, haunting it. And every year, they would find an unsuspecting bystander near the banks and drag them to a watery grave. These babies are pissed off. Their rage and anger fuels their bloodlust. Oh, damn. Andy, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's clear that we would be water babies. For sure. Eh, yes and no, Art. Um, do I think if I was born to a Paiute tribe a long time ago that they would have taken one look at me and tossed me into a lake without hesitation? Yes. However, lots of people have tried to toss me into a lake over the years, yourself included, trying to drown me, hoping I sink to the bottom, hoping I get eaten by a lake shark. I keep coming back. I'm like human mold. I can't argue with that. You are the asbestos of the human race. My spores are in the air. <laughs> well, a local Pyramid Lake fisherman can't argue with these creepy water babies neither. <laughs> Almost yearly, fishermen go missing out on the lake. It might be coincidental for anglers and outdoorsmen alike to vanish in the wilderness, but many attribute these disappearances to water babies. Some even claim you can hear their watery baby cries all along the lakeshore. Now, here's the thing. There's some disagreement between the origins of the water baby legends, for sure. Some say this idea of the native peoples performing infanticide. Infant? Infantis? Yeah. Infanticide. Infanticide. Yeah. Uh, was started by white settlers in the area as a means of vilifying them or misunderstanding their culture. But others say... No, the native population actually practiced infanticide legitimately as a survival tactic to keep the tribe as strong as possible. Yet another reason why we would be water babies. <laughs> yeah. But the Paiutes have uh, an even different version of the water baby tale. And it leans heavy on the water aspect of water babies. According to Paiute legend, a young man fell in love with a mermaid while visiting the California coast. Madly in love, he wanted to marry her and more. Thing is... She a mermaid, and she needs to live in the water. So he decided to bring her back to Pyramid Lake. Why not? When the tribe elders saw that this dude had a serious scaly fetish, and just how strange the mermaid was in general, they ordered him to return her to the California coast. Some rigging leftist mermaid... <laughs> Coming to ruin his Ellie. tribal elders... <laughs> Left Coast California Mermaid. The mermaid returned, but not before cursing the entire Pyramid Lake for rejecting her love with a man, promising her revenge. Now that's one version, but there is yet another version of the water baby tale. Two sisters were washing clothes in the river. One of the sisters had an infant child who she left in the shade as she worked. Now while the sisters were distracted with their work, a serpent emerged and ate the infant whole. The serpent then assumed the form of the child. Later, when the child's mother went to feed it, the snake attacked the woman and began to eat her. <laughs> Damn. Nothing worse than a serpent-human baby hybrid sucking on your titty. Eating your tit first. Ooh. That's nasty. You gotta hate it. I hate it. Mondays, am I right? Oh, <laughs> Garfield knows. Yeah. He hates getting eaten titty first. Unable to free the mother from the serpent, the sister rushed off 
to get the assistance of a medicine man. Now, this powerful medicine man struck a deal with the snake. The snake was to restore the woman back to health, but in return, the serpent would be allowed to inhabit Pyramid Lake forever. Hmm. This guy might have been good at medicine, but I don't know how good he was at negotiating. Because <laughs> he really was not thinking about the long term. <laughs> this is a terrible deal. <laughs> now, the thus, the water baby of Pyramid Lake is actually the haunting of a vile human baby serpent hybrid. Thanks a lot, medicine man. Great job. Yeah, you, okay, you saved one lady's life, but now you got this serpent baby human hybrid haunting a lake for all of eternity. We should adopt this. Sucking the titties left and right. We should adopt this. The serpent baby human hybrid. We should adopt him. We might, we might. Maybe we'll take a trip out we, to Pyramid Lake and yeah, see what's up. fit in with our family. Ask him if he wants to be adopted. Yeah. Hey, you seem like you could use guidance from two daddies. That's right. Now, punk fuckers, that was the water baby. That's a great tale. Great legend. But shall we continue our paranormal road trip around Nevada? And what else is Nevada famous for but desert gold rush boom towns? That brings us fittingly to the town of Goldfield. Goldfield skyrocketed to a population of 20,000 people between 1902 and 1906. That's a lot of people, Andy. Due to the discovery of gold there. There's gold in them dark hills. Someone will get that. One person. <laughs> now that's a boomtown if I ever heard one. The town was actually Nevada's largest town in the early 1900s. The gold output in 1907 in Goldfield was over $8.4 million. That's some serious quiche. Hooey. Yep. Everything was coming up Goldfield. Ooh, yeah. Such a booming population led to the construction of the Goldfield Hotel in 1907. However, the population of Goldfield died out with the mines. The cost of excavating the ore eventually superseded the profits. Uh, the big mining companies all left, and then a large fire caused by a moonshine operation Wiped out most of the buildings. The area today is actually unincorporated and uh, has a population of only 268, recorded in the 2010 census. However, it isn't abandoned just yet. Many of the famous landmark buildings, including the Goldfield Hotel, are historical landmarks in Nevada, and they have owners. But what's so scary about an old hotel, Andy? I mean, I'm not sure, Art, but... I've scared a number of housekeeping staff at hotels from the mess I make in the bathroom. Now that's what I call a boom town. <laughs> Gross. Uh, well, according to legend, room 109 is haunted by a pregnant prostitute named Elizabeth. The story goes that the owner of the Goldfield Hotel, George Winfield, didn't want anyone to know that he made whoopee with a prostitute and got her pregnant because he was afraid she'd spill the beans and ruin his reputation. Oh, those hotel magnates in their... They have such pristine reputations, Andy. You've got Conrad Hilton, Quentin Ramada, and Kingsley Holiday Inn Express. These were all white glove type people. Oh, yes, right? Pristine. Right. Oh, absolutely sterling reputations. You are absolutely correct, Art. Uh, and so George Winfield did what he felt he had to do. I mean, really, the only thing he could have done. What else could he have done? I mean, which was chain the prostitute to a radiator in room 109. After the prostitute gave birth, she was left to starve to death chained to the radiator. Winfield then had the child disposed of by throwing it down a mine shaft, which the hotel was built on top of. It was the only choice he had. He had to protect his reputation. And this did it. This saved Winfield's reputation. Thank God no one found out he had sex with a prostitute. Whew, they would have been disgusted. Can you imagine if 
If Leopold Best Western had found out that this guy had sex with a prostitute, oh my God, George Winfield would have been the laughingstock of the hotel owner community. If Thurston Laquita <laughs> found out that he he may or may not have had extramarital affairs with a prostitute. Jesus fucking Christ, George Winfield's reputation would have been down the gutter. Oh my God. Rod- down that mine shaft where he threw a baby. Yeah. I mean, Rodney Motel 6 would have been disgusted to hear this. Yeah. Well, ever since then, it's been rumored that residents of the Goldfield Hotel have seen Elizabeth's ghost wandering around room 109. Some say they can even feel her presence. And several have reported loud cries of a wailing baby. And even more, the ghosts of small children playing in the lobby have been seen, as well as a, uh, quite frankly, particularly rude ghost who likes to stab hotel visitors. I mean, come on, ghosts. Kind of fucked up. Take it easy. These are people trying to have a vacation. Here's the thing. Don't just take our word for it, uh, bunkfunkers. Paranormal provocateur Zach Baggins uh, and co. on the show Ghost Adventures conducted a paranormal investigation uh, in the hotel's basement and felt that they were encountering a spirit's presence as Zach called out to the spirit, who he said was, they, 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 they kind of, you can look it up on YouTube. He kind of, uh, he feels the spirit, he's like chastising the spirit for being very mean. Zach is talking down to the spirit. Yeah. He's saying, stop being so mean. <clears throat> you know, we, we feel your presence. Why are you being so rude to us? Yeah. Think of the spirit as George Winfield. And then in this case, think of Zach Baggins as, um, you know, Jefferson Redroof in who found out that George Winfield had sex with a prostitute. That's right. So Zach is calling out to the spirit who he says was being mean and making strange noises. But then Zach turns and sees a brick being picked up and thrown at him, which causes Zach Baggins to shriek and run away. Boy, oh boy, that was a tasty paranormal treat. But I just haven't had enough yet. And I have a feeling you bunk funkers haven't yet either. You're hungry like me, aren't you, bunk funkers? <laughs> Boomtowns weren't just famous for their gold and their murdered hotel prostitutes, but also their whorehouses. What booming mining town would be complete without the local whorehouse? It's a fixture in the community. Uh, and let me preface this next part by saying that, one, no, we did not write this, bunk funkers, although we wish we did. And two, neither of these ghosts are us. Art and I are not either one of these ghosts. Um... <clears throat> so, without further ado, the ghost of a tall, bloated woman with straggly red hair, dressed in a dirty white nightgown, has been seen on the streets near the whorehouse where she once lived. Her name was Timber Kate, and she was infamous in the late 1800s for her notorious live saloon sex acts with her female lover, Bella Rawhide. And boy, oh boy, did they perform sex acts. They duo munched carpet in Carson City. They rim-jobbed in Reno, and they swallowed saliva in Spokane. They bumped butts in Butte. You get the picture. They toured. <laughs> All over the West. They, I mean, they... They fucked Vag in Vegas. I mean, what do you... I mean, you know, they... Actually, uh, they, scissored been, they, scissored, they scissored in Seattle. They scissored in Spokane or scissored in Seattle. Yeah, yeah that would have been a good one. What did you say? Swallowed saliva. Swallowed saliva. Yeah. It kind of makes Sucking. it sound like they were just spitting into each other's mouths. Yeah, well, these were sex acts, Andy. Yeah, sex acts. That's my favorite one, the old spit in each other's mouths and swallow it. <laughs> but Bella eventually fell in love with a fella. Yeah. You're a dame and I'm a fella. 
or I'll tell Stella. The fellow's name was Tug Daniels. <laughs> Tug Daniels. Tug Daniels. Oh, God, what a name. Tug Daniels, Timber Kate, and, and Bella, Ride. Bella Ride. The two ran away together, leaving old Timber Kate to develop a solo career. And we don't mean she masturbated. She started to dress like a man in white tights, would lift weights, and then finish with a sort of striptease number. We'll call it Burley-esque. <laughs> uh, well, in 1880, Ella and Tug ran into old Timber Kate at the Beehive Whorehouse in Carson City, the building of which was located on North Quincy Street. For any of you Carson City residents, a showdown, not unlike the gunfight at the OK Corral, ensued, and Tug pulled out a knife. And cut open Kate's belly from crotch to navel. Just like the OK Corral. Just like the gun. Just like Wyatt Earp. <laughs> the classic Wyatt gun. and Virgil Earp, very classic, were known for their brother, their brotherly sex show. Yeah. Before they both became U.S. Marshals the in classic Tombstone. classic gunfight where somebody pulled out a knife. That's right. It's a classic, you brought a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. And he cut open Kate's <clears throat> uh, belly from crotch to navel leaving her to die a gruesome death on the whorehouse floor. Tug ran away, never to be seen again. And Bella Rawhide, consumed with grief, committed suicide two years later by drinking cleaning fluid. Now, many say that you can see Timber Kate's ghost haunting North Quincy Street to this very day. Uh, Andy? What are you doing? Oh, uh, I'm just, <clears throat> I'm looking up flights, uh, to Carson city art. This could be my only shot at having sex with a ghost or at the very least watching a ghost have sex with other people. It's high up on my bucket list. Okay. Plus after I can head over to Las Vegas and see the site of our next haunting. Oh, okay. So there's a segue. There's a segue. There we go. You're not just a pervert, a ghost pervert. Yeah. I'm so much more than just a ghost pervert. I am a ghost pervert. <laughs> um, you know, or they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, the same must be true for the spirits of the deceased in one of the USA's worst hotel fire tragedies of all time. Wow. Uh, we're talking about the infamous MGM Grand Hotel Fire of 1980. At the time of the fire, about 5,000 people were in the MGM Grand, a casino and 26-story hotel with more than 2,000 hotel rooms, which opened in 1973. It was one of the earliest luxury mega hotels on the Strip with a price tag of $106 million, located at the site of what is today the Bally's Las Vegas. Shortly after 7 a.m. on Friday, November 21, 1980, a couple of workers inspecting the hotel's restaurant, known as the Deli, noticed some flickering light near the back, and when they investigated, saw a, quote, wall of flames, end quote. The fire soon spread like a fire, um, first through to the lobby, fed by wallpaper, PVC piping, glue, and plastic mirrors, racing west through the casino floor at a speed of 10 to 13 miles per hour. That's fast! That's a fast fire. That's moving quick. Yeah! Uh, and it moved that fast until a massive fireball blew out the main entrance, Facing the strip. From the time the fire was noticed, it took six minutes for the entire casino floor to be fully engulfed. Six minutes. Six minutes. The entire floor. Emergency services were contacted around 717, and first responders arrived on scene around 719. Two minutes. 
But by then, the fire had spread to the casino floor where 18 people died in the casino level of the hotel. The fire then engulfed the entire first floor, but that's where it stayed. However, all the burning material created toxic fumes and smoke, which ascended up through the hotel tower via vertical elevator and stairwell shafts. And smoke inhalation caused a majority of the deaths. In total, 85 people were killed, including seven employees, and 650 people were injured, including guests, employees, and 14 firefighters. Now, what caused this deadly blaze? Classic. Faulty wiring on a newly installed pastry display case in the deli restaurant. Oh my God, what a tragedy. If you want to get, if you, hey, for you electrical engineers out there, you want to like really learn about it, you can look it up on the Wikipedia. They got like a full description of what faulty wiring means, wow. <laughs> what they did. Something about the coolant and the way, and it was like, it didn't have its own uh, generator or some shit or electrical box and it was just into the wall. And I don't know. I'm not an electric guy. I'm not an electrician. Hmm. That much is true. I mean, I can say that for a fact. Yeah. I'll agree with you. I mean, pastry, pastry gives life. Pastry takes it away. That's true. You fucking said it, brother. God damn. <laughs> You're spitting truth left and right, Andy. And now you might be wondering, bunk funkers, uh, what about the smoke detectors, the fire alarms, and anything at all? And you're right. You're right. But you don't have to say it that way. You don't way. have to say it like that, but you are right. But here's the thing. Nevada, at the time, had some loose rules with fire safety, which is something you want to have loose rules with. If there's one, if there's one thing you want to skirt around, it's fire safety. <laughs> Especially in a place where there's lots of people. Oh, yeah. Now, especially with older hotels, not even that old, built before modern codes were enacted before 1979. So any hotel built before then, much like the MGM Grand, which was built in 1973, were not required to adopt newer fire safety standards. Furthermore, the casino and restaurants were not protected by a fire sprinkler system because they were exempt from rules requiring sprinklers in areas occupied 24 hours a day. A Clark County building inspector granted this exemption to them, despite opposition from the fire marshals, reasoning that, and here's the reasoning, and it checks out. A fucking fire would be quickly noticed by occupants and contained within with portable fire extinguishers. I mean, people who are there to gamble away their life savings in Vegas are going to do the due, the due diligence and put out a fire. They're going to know where the fire extinguishers right. are. They're going to have they're going to know how to access yeah. them. They're going to act quickly, calmly, yeah. uh and effectively and put out a fire. You need an automatic fire sprinkler system. Dummies. Oh, it's pointless. Like Just dummies. a waste of water. Silly goober. Water is at a premium in Nevada. That's true. Um well, when the fire at the MGM Grand started in the restaurant, uh the the hotel had switched from being open 24 hours a day, uh you know, so not needing sprinklers to not being open 24 hours a day. In other words, needing to have sprinklers. Uh, basically there were no fire sprinklers near the restaurant. A full sprinkler system would have cost $192,000. And because of the cost, I mean, how's a hotel going to make up that? I don't know. Certainly not a hotel with a casino in it. I mean, <laughs> casino overhead costs are through the roof. It is such a hard business. The margins are so <laughs> tight on a casino. So hard to make money at a casino. A tough, tough gig. <laughs> so it would have cost $192,000. And because of the cost, MGM only installed the minimum number of sprinklers as required during the resort's construction. Well, 
After the fire, the MGM Grand was rebuilt over the next eight months at a cost of $50 million. Plus, there was a $76 million uh, settlement due to ensuing lawsuits. So, let me see here. You got 50 plus 76. Carry the one. All right. $126 million in damages and 85 deaths lingering on your conscience for the rest of your life. I don't know, Art. And I'm not sure I'm smart enough to be a hotel owner in Las Vegas because I sure think I'd take the 200 grand over that. I mean, what the fuck? Well, here's the thing, Eddie. Your math checks out, but I don't think anything would ever qualify you for the hospitality or gambling industry, quite frankly. <laughs> Either one of those. Especially hospitality. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. I guess, you're, I guess you're, you're right. My point is good, but the path I took to get there is wrong. You would have a great fire system. I don't deny that, but goddamn, everything else would be so cheap in that hotel. You would cut costs everywhere. Oh, yeah. No luxury. No luxury. No, no soap in the bathrooms. BYO soap. BYO towels. BYO BYOS and BYOT. BYO everything. You clean your own room. It's BYOE. BYO everything. <laughs> Bring your own mattress. BYOM. We give you a place to stay. You can have the room. You can rent the room. There's nothing in it. No furniture. Not even carpet. BYOF. BYOE. BYO everything. Oh, everything. There's no carpet. There's no carpet. There's no phone. There's no windows. <laughs> BYO window. <laughs> There's no drywall. BYO drywall. Oh, my God. Good Lord. At the very least, Andy, after this horrible fire, the deadliest fire in Nevada state history and one of the third deadliest fires in the U.S. history. Jeez. Uh, well, after that happened, and then after another fire happened shortly after at the Las Vegas Hilton, then Nevada's governor enacted a law to have all hotels in Las Vegas brought up to strict fire safety codes, including... Here's a novel one. Putting smoke detectors in all the rooms. Wow. Now, you know, what a lot of people don't know about this uh, Hilton fire yeah. in Las Vegas is that Conrad Hilton set that fire uh, because he was worried that people would find out he accidentally ran over a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> it ruined that pristine Hilton name? Yeah, no. Oof. He could not stand, you know. He was driving. A squirrel ran in front of his car. He didn't have time to stop. He accidentally hit the squirrel. Right. Uh, he buried it along the side of the road, uh, 80 feet deep, because he was so worried that people would find out that he accidentally hit a squirrel. And to cover it up, he set his hotel on fire. So anyway, a bunch of that stuff happened. And then now they put smoke detectors in all the guest rooms. And, you know, stupid things like fire safety exits, uh, you know, smoke detectors on all the floors and all the elevators, sprinklers. Bullshit. Yeah, just a bunch of bullshit. Just more expenses squeezing these hotel owners, these destitute hotel owners. Well, people just leave these fucking casino and hotel owners alone. I mean, all it took was 85 deaths. I mean, what? 85 people? What? I mean, how are we supposed to weigh 85 deaths against almost $200,000 to a casino? <laughs> and think about all the joy that casinos bring. Oh, my so God. many people. So oh. much worse, more than 85 lives. They do so much good for society. Yes. I mean, people go to casinos and they win money and then they leave and everything is good in their lives. They have a good time. They party. Sad. Casinos have never taken advantage of anybody ever. No. Not that I can think of. I'd say fuck orphanages, build more casinos. 
Let's let children work in the casinos. Do that. If you don't have any parents, you can work in the casino. Two problems solving one. And let the kid, let, hey, you don't need a $200,000 sprinkler system. Free room and board to the orphans. They get to go put out fires when they find them. Yeah, let the kids <laughs> roam the hotel day and night, 24 hours a day, looking for fires. Yeah, problem solved. And here's the thing. Like we said, all it took was some 85 people's deaths. And some say the spirits of those who died in the fire still linger in the lobby of the Baileys at the site of the former MGM Grand to this very day. In the very same tower, the smoke did the most damage. Weeping and coughing can be heard by guests with no clear source. Some, <coughs> that's just like that. Oh, But that was Andy. Oh, Some have even noticed ghostly apparitions on the casino floor near the site of the fire. The ghosts appear to be gambling, forced to haunt the slot machines for all eternity as a means of seeking vengeance and retribution and ghost cash for the preventable untimely deaths. Art, I can't tell what's scarier. Ghostly gamblers or how every time I go to Vegas, my money disappears. <laughs> oh, God, Andy. You have a severe problem. You have Don't problem. I know it? You do. <laughs> I lost you, my car. You can't. You should not be going to Vegas. Oh, buddy, hey, bunk bunkers. We hope you had no problems digesting today's assortment of paranormal legends all throughout Nevada. The next time you're swimming in Pyramid Lake touring ghostly hotels, sniffing and licking the ground at the side of an old-timey whorehouse, or just gambling away at Bally's. Keep an eye out. Not for any ghosts, but for a heaping helping of the whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. Welcome back, Bunk Bunkers. That was our research of four different Nevada urban legends, starting with the water babies and working our way down to tragic hotel fires. Nice assortment. Good progression. A little something for everybody. Yeah. Whorehouses for the pervs. You got hotel, you got prostitutes being murdered for the pervs. You got hotel fires for the pervs. And water babies for the pervs. And infanticide for the pervs. That might say something about who listens to this show. <laughs> and we love you, bunk bunkers. But you're a sick bunch. You're a sick bunch. Um, Andy, what do you think? I mean, these are kind of fun, fun little assortment. The Silver State has a lot to offer. Yeah, yeah. We we really mined uh, Nevada for some great uh, stories today. Um, you know, water babies, um, fun legend, 
Uh, I mean, not so much the killing of babies, but, um, you know, guy trying to bang a mermaid, brings it back to the Pyramid Lake. That's fun. That's a tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. Uh, you're out there, you're trying to have sex with a mermaid, you bring her back home, family, you know, is not approving of it, won't let you marry her and keep her in the lake. Uh, we've all, I mean, that's teenage, that's every teenage rom-com. Yeah. Which Shakespeare play was that? <laughs> Taming of the Shrew? Sure. <laughs> I don't, is there one that actually has involves mermaids? No. Oh, okay. That's a joke. There should be. Yeah. Shakespeare, you fucking loser. work on it. Yeah. No, you're listening. Um, um, I love gambling ghosts. Not a big gambler. You a big gambler, Andy? No, I don't have enough money to gamble. Um, but I do like the idea that ghosts have to haunt the slot machines. <laughs> like that's their that's their like their punish. Or I don't know what 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 happens to ghosts when you die in a fire. Like, is that punishment? Normally, being a ghost is like a punishment, right? Your, your soul can't escape this plane yeah. because you have unfinished business. Sure. And I think in this case, it's because... Like if you die while you're on the toilet, but you didn't finish, <laughs> you'll haunt the toilet. That's right. Because you've got a ghostly clogged colon for the rest of your life. <laughs> you a ghostly turtle head. Turtle heading. Um, no, I mean... Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's they were wrongfully... They wrongfully died. Yeah. It wasn't their fault. It was this stupid hotel. Yeah. And their uh, negligence. Yeah. So they uh, haunt it for yeah. all eternity. What are the ghost rules? Ghost rules. When ghost you, rules. When, when, you know, you, you know, you die. When do you become a ghost? Jeez. What's the rubric for becoming a ghost? I don't know. This How is... would I know if I die that I'm going to become a ghost? Like, if you shot me in the face right now and I died. Oh, and do I ever want to? God, the urge, the resistance, Bunk Funkers. I have the fucking patience of a saint. <laughs> if you shot me in the face right now, how would I know if I become a ghost? What are the criteria to know that I'm going to become a ghost or that I'm going to not become a ghost? I think you're asking because you want to become one. Do, and then you get into this whole other thing, you know, what does everybody believe? Do you go, are you are you a ghost or do you get reincarnated? Are you a ghost or you go to like heaven or hell? You're asking, are you in like a purgatory situation? Yeah, I mean, it's like, well, what? it's your spirit, it's your soul. Is there different sets of rules for different sets of beliefs? So it's like, That's you know, if I believe in reincarnation, is there a different set of ghost rules? If I believe in the afterlife, is there a different set of ghost rules? Because I, you know, I don't think there's any guardrails on this. Uh. Boy, yeah, that's uh, your. I mean, yeah, this is a this is a hefty question. This is a big question. Uh, I need some answers. We need to be asking Casper, not us. <laughs> uh, or the Ghostbusters. Well, I've written um, him a lot of letters. That's right, and send him a lot of pictures, <laughs> full body and headshots. Yeah, I got that full body mirror at home. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. I think that um. You know, I think that, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of uh, ghost stories where it's like you, your soul can't move on. So you're kind of stuck there. Um, I guess I see like murder victims. Yeah. That's a common one. I mean, you know, yeah. water babies. Yeah. Uh, Timber Kate. I think a lot of these are just innocent people. Each one of these stories have a have a motif of these are innocent people the who were wrongfully 
uh, murdered <laughs> by death. Bella Rawhide was not that innocent. Catch my, catch my drift? Catch my drift? Oops, she did Wink. it again. Ran off She married a guy named Tug. <laughs> and Got he, lost in the game. The oh, gunfight. Baby, baby. And then he took out a knife and completely bisected another woman. <laughs> He's really not that innocent. <laughs> but he was never seen again. Never seen again. God. What was his last name? Tug Daniels. Tug Daniels. What a name. Tug Daniels. What a guy. Yeah. Sounds like an anthropomorphic boat. Tug Daniels. <laughs> the boat. <laughs> You know, like if there was like a Thomas the Train kind of deal, yeah. Tug Daniels would be the tugboat. There was a Thomas the Tank Engine version of of the tugboat world that yeah. I used to watch as a child. Was there? Was yes. there a Tug Daniels? I don't know if it was Tug Daniels. Yes, there was a version in this in this children's show where a, a complete exact reenactment of this yes. story. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> look it up for a minute. Uh, All right, I'm gonna keep talking about ghosts. You know. I guess that's the thing for me is like the people that the people that died in the MGM fire, uh, you know, there, there was oh, a Theodore tugboat, Theodore tugboat, Teddy tug boat. Tugboat one word or two words is tug his middle name or is tugboat his last name? What's a naming convention for boats? <laughs> it's in the one word. Tugboat. Teddy tugboat. It was a Canadian children's television series about a tug note named Theodore who lives in the big Harbor with all his friends. And, uh, yeah, they would just fucking run train on other boats. I think you mean run boat. <laughs> Thomas and friends run train. Do you think that they had, like, a gang fight with Thomas, the tank engine, but it's, like, because they're two different modes of transportation, they could never actually fight each other? The tugs would have to sail across the ocean to the island of Sodor, uh, and... They would have to, like, I don't know, have some sort of mortars attached to them so they could shell they would have to Tidmouth bombard. sheds. And I suppose that the trains would have to do the same thing. I mean, maybe they could get the people. Does uh, Theodore Tug work the same? Theodore Tugboat work the same way as Thomas, where there's an actual human driver, which I always thought was weird. Because why do you need a driver for a sentient vehicle? <laughs> we are not going down this rabbit hole again. Where we we've already discussed the problems with the cars lore. Yeah. Now we. Yeah, that now would be like if Lightning McQueen had a driver. It would be fucked up. It would be fucked up because you're inside his body. I think that the trains, if if there was a war between Theodore Tugboat and Thomas the Tank Engine, um, you know, clearly they operate in the same universe. These are both T-named um, lead characters of TV shows right. who are anthropomorphic vehicles. Um, I think that Thomas the Tank Engine and his, his friends, in order to win this war and stop the tugs and mm -hmm. the, the, the boats from taking over. You're right. They would have to make a deal with the Nazis and get one of those big Bertha Panzer fucking shell mortar shells and attach it to a train mm -hmm. like the Nazis did. Yeah. And it would be their only course of action. And that would be an anthropomorphic big Bertha who would then fire large mortar shells onto Theodore Tugboat and all of his friends in Halifax. And uh, this would be a gruesome, bloody war. And I think a lot of blood would be on Thomas the Tank Engine's uh, wheels. He doesn't have hands. And he would try to hide I, it. He would try know, to hide how he worked with the Nazis to win the war. And then there would be the Nuremberg trials run by other faceless anthropomorphic, uh, you know, vehicles. Yeah. Modes of transport. Yeah. 
And uh, they would hold, I think, Thomas the Tank Engine accountable for his war crimes. Yeah, I would hope so. Uh, I imagine that they would find the fat controller dead in a bunker with a bullet through his head. <laughs> oh, he was MK Ultra for sure. Um, Manchurian candidate. I think we know who would win the war, though. Who? You said Thomas. Well, Thomas would have to get the means of... But you're saying J.J. the jet plane would win the war. I was going to say, whoever allies with J.J. the jet plane has air superiority and wins instantly. I mean, sure. Thomas and friends could strap flat guns to the back of their trains. I mean, and I think the flat guns, they're not that heavy. I mean, Gordon would probably have to pull the big Bertha. (laughs) But I feel like James, Percy, Thomas... Even Toby, any of them could pull flat guns. I mean, it's not that big a deal. They Emily pull their would be weight. fine. They yeah. could pull their weight to save the island of, what is it? Sodor. They live in Sodor? Sodor, yeah. Tidmouth Sheds is where they live on Sodor, the island of Sodor. <laughs> Why do you know so much? Thomas the Tank Engine lore. <laughs> I, and, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that could, you know. So, I mean, JJ and, JJ and friends. Yeah. I mean, they would have a tough time, but I think ultimately establishing air superiority would allow JJ to, you know, you know, at least firebomb Tidmouth sheds uh, and really disrupt the supply line for Thomas and friends. That's, that's really what it is. Um, you but take he, out the supply line. Thomas is done. He can't he, yeah. if he can't go on the rails. Where's he going to go? Yeah, I mean, JJ could also alternatively, I mean, drop a nuclear bomb on Sodor. <laughs> we all know he has that capability. I mean, it's it's an extreme measure, but at the end of the day. I mean, Theodore Tugboat, they have to wage, you know, do we keep mortar shelling each other uh, for years and years and years, or do we just end it? Because, I mean, here's the thing, you know. The, the- but, of course, of course, you know, if if J.J. allies with Thomas, watch Game out Halifax. Over. Game over. Theodore Tugboat's done. Dead yeah. in the water. Uh, yeah, there's Literally. no... No question. I mean, yeah. he's got anti-aircraft, but if he doesn't know that they're coming, they do some kind of sneak attack through yeah. the clouds on a cloudy day or something. Yeah. I, I don't know how that stuff works. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. They drop, uh, they dropped uh, mines. Yeah. Different floating mines in the yeah. water. Where's Theodore Tugboat going to go? Kamikaze attacks. Yeah. JJ's not above it. Not no. below it. No. He's a fucking mercenary for hire. And right. he... You know, he 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 aligns with one thing, the almighty dollar. JJ the jet plane. I'm in it for the money. Famous soldier of fortune, JJ the jet plane. He's a lord of war. Yeah. And we got the award for lore. <laughs> Monkfuckers, who do you think would win between Thomas the Tank Engine and Theodore Tugboat? And hey, why don't you let us know? You can let us know through all the same means, emailing, the Twitter, the Instagram. But hey, you can also check us out on Reddit. Oh, yeah. Some bunk fuck. We're not affiliated with this subreddit. We did not know. I mean, this was accidental finding. This is uh, some bunk funkers out there started a Mr. Bunker subreddit. Reddit.com forward slash R forward slash Mr. Bunker pod. Go on there and discuss who would win Theodore Tugboat or yeah. Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. Or JJ the Jet Plane. Check out the subreddit. Or the cars. <laughs> Are the cars involved in this? I guess we can involve. They're, they're kind of different because I feel like. What these guys all have in common in their universe is that these are anthropomorphic, human-faced, sentient vehicle creatures that are also piloted by humans. The only thing that these guys, that Thomas, Theodore, and JJ have is that they have human faces on cartoonish kind of uh, modes of transportation bodies, whereas... 
the Cars universe. They're fully animated. They've fully fused with humanity. Right. Uh, these are these are these are not these are not human vehicle hybrids. These are anthropomorphic cars, vehicles. Yeah. And planes. And planes. That's yeah. what we think. I mean, and I do think I do think that that adaptability. Feel free to disagree. You know, sure. Thomas, JJ, Theodore, they can all make use of human beings. That's right. The cars and the planes from the Cars universe, they don't need humans. Humans don't exist in their world. Right. They're self-sufficient. They're self-reliant. They are killing machines. And I think that Thomas, JJ, Theodore, they should stay away from fighting the Cars universe, because it doesn't work out for them. You think it's not going to work out? No, I don't think so. What do the Cars have as far as weaponry? Well, here's what I'm saying. is like Cars cars are adapted to their for universe. Them, for them. They don't need to be... There's no humans refilling right. them. They, they don't need any intervention. Right. They're just going out there and slaughtering. As they are wont they to have, do. They have free agency and free will. Right, they have free agency, free will. Somebody could turn off Thomas. Wow. Somebody could stop shoving coal in his butt. And he doesn't work anymore. Somebody could forget to fill Theodore with diesel. And that's the end of that. Cars, they can't nobody can stop. Not so much. They can just go eat gasoline or whatever they do. Well, we've discussed it. We don't know. Either it goes in their gas holes or it goes in their mouths. We right. Don't we don't know how it works. Pixar hasn't Shed light on that yet. And yes, Bunk Bunkers, we know you provided us with a lot of research on this, a lot of material. <laughs> thank you. We will get to reading it one day. Thank you, Rocky. Thank you. I forget who else. That was pretty much it. <laughs> okay. I guess some people out there don't want to think about this as, as in-depth as we do. <laughs> um, but Bunk Bunkers, let us know what you think. Yeah. Who would win in that war? Yeah. It would be bloody, though. It'd be disgusting. Ugh. Horrible. Um, nobody would be very useful in that. Anyway, Nevada Ghost. Yeah, what? <laughs> uh, Nevada Ghost. Yeah. You got a favorite out of the four we covered oh, here, Andy? Oh, God. I mean, I like mean most you know, here, for sure. I, I, I think I already said I like the mermaid from the Water Babies. That that story was a lot of fun to me. That was very funny. Uh, but not my favorite. Uh, I also like Gambling Ghosts. Um, which is also going to become the name of my intramural basketball team, Gambling Ghosts. Um, <laughs> that story very tragic. It's a it's a very sad. Can you imagine and, being in a hotel. You wake up. You're sleeping in a hotel. And yeah. You wake up at seven in the morning. You smell smoke. Yet all these people like trying to escape this because they're fucking they're dying of smoke inhalation. And so then what they're doing is they're opening windows thinking, oh, fresh air. Right. No, there's smoke outside that then comes in. Worse smoke. Plus, it just makes the fire worse. Yeah. Then there's more smoke coming in. Right. Then they're trying to escape. They can't. They can't go down any of the elevator or stairway hatches. Most of the people died trying to escape down the stairway yeah. shafts because what I would do, go up. Yeah. Go to the roof. You know what this reminded me of, though, Art? Fire safety tip uh, for all you bunk out there. Sometimes. Thank you. You are a trained fireman. <laughs> yeah, I am. I Are you not? <laughs> no. You don't fight fires? No. If you saw a fire, you would not fight it? No, I run. I run from fires. You're a fire runner. I'm a fire runner. Fire runner away or from her. <laughs> Andy doesn't even want to joke about stealing valor of being a fireman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I braced at that. 
Yeah, you did. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cross that line. No, you know, I would joke about being a police officer or being a doctor or being the president of the United States, but I would never joke about being a firefighter. Uh, what were we talking about? You're saying a fire safety tip. Oh, fire safety tip. You know, sometimes you you're hear- a Smokey the Bear stand-in. Can we say that? <laughs> yeah, you can't say that. They call me Stinky the Bear. Yeah. <laughs> Only. Only people who might start a fire can prevent forest fires. So watch out. All right. What was your fire safety tip? Um, Sometimes this comes up and it's suggested, I think, that, you know, to get relief or people think to do this, to like get relief from smoke, you'll like put put something over your face, Mm -hmm. you know, or sometimes people put like a wet cloth over their face. Yeah. Uh, I think this is like an old fashioned tip. For like dealing with smoke, like you, you you do that to like keep your face dr- moist and to keep the smoke out. Terrible idea. You're basically just waterboarding yourself. Wow. You block the airflow, so don't do that. What should you you do instead? You should get low to the ground. Get, get low under the smoke, and then get to the window and get to the wall. Belly crawl. Get to the window. Get till the, the wall. fire causes sweat to drip down your balls. Right. And you know if you have females in your vicinity. They should similarly be crawling. And they should be skeeting. Yeah. You should all skeet out of there. Skeedaddle. Skeet daddle. Away. And you know, if if you're with your females in your domicile, you <laughs> okay. know, just make sure that you you let them know. All the females crawl. We all crawl out of here together. <laughs> You got to get low <laughs> under the smoke. Wow. Little John taught us so much about fire safety in that fucking song. And we weren't, we weren't we smart weren't enough to accept to his it. Message. We only listened to the words he was saying. We didn't listen to the words he wasn't saying. <laughs> That's right. Get low. So you got to get low and crawl out of there. Yeah. Get scuttle. Yeah. You could use a wet rag to help, you know, turn a hot doorknob or something. Hot doorknob, my favorite How sex sexy position. Are we talking about yeah. <laughs> Give me a hot. We both because we stared at each other. We both knew where we were going. <laughs> I was waiting for him to finish before I said, "How sexy is that doorknob?" <laughs> Give me a hot doorknob. That's where. Give me a hot doorknob. That's where your partner uh, greases up their hand and then just twists your penis as hard as possible. <laughs> Like they're trying to open a jar of marinated artichokes. <laughs> Good lord! Give me a hot doorknob. Sounds awful. Give me the hot doorknob. Um, it's a fun twist on a classic. Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as favorites go, oh my favorite is yeah. for sure Timber Kate and yeah, that's your favorite. Delaroy that's a pretty fun one. Tug what? Tug Daniels? You can't even remember the guy's name. It's a great name. His name's Tug. I Tug got that Daniels. Tug Daniels. Tug Daniels. That's a, hey, that's I mean, my next D and D character's name for <laughs> sure. Tug Daniels. It doesn't even fit in a fantasy setting, but I don't care. Oh my God! Can you imagine if you saw the ghost of Timber Kate? I don't know. Which one would you want to go see if you were doing a tour tour of Nevada, and you wanted to go see a bunch of ghosts? Where would you stop first? Oh yeah, easily the whorehouse in Carson City. Really? Yeah, it's just a street. There's no, there's no building there anymore. It's just a street, as far as I know. That's because I tried cool- to look up the Beehive Whorehouse. That's the coolest ghost. That's the coolest ghost. That's the one I want to see. So you're just gonna go hang out on North Quincy Street? 
Where would you go? You going to Bally's? Yeah, I'm probably going to go to Vegas because I can for, hit a couple of other things up. Go, ghostly gamblers? I hate gambling. I am not a gambler. Yikes. I don't like gambling. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm coming in hot. <laughs> fucking hot you better fucking get low, bunk fuckers, because this opinion is a hot take. <laughs> it's going to be the hot doorknob it's gonna, on your mind. He's tummies. giving gambling a hot doorknob right now. That's right, I am. I don't like it. Uh, he's twisting off here. I don't have fun with it. It doesn't make sense to me. And uh, Go on. Why doesn't it make sense? It's just uh, it's just a waste of money. Oh. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna waste money, I'd rather take that money and invest it in the stock market. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's gambling. Yeah. Stocks are so hot right now. And they have Oh yeah, I love getting a hot stock. But they're the same thing. It's fucking gambling. It's gambling with people who pretend like it isn't. But stocks are gambling. You didn't think so? Um yeah. Um <clears throat> stocks are I'm not talking about bonds. I'm not talking about mutual funds. I'm not talking about low risk. It's I'm talking about straight up S&P 500, Dow Jones, NASDAQ. The, the indexes? That's not gambling. Uh, the stock market. You're talking about buying like individual shares. Yeah. Know, Single shares of a company. NASDAQ. Yeah. Dow Jones. Oh, I love getting a good NASDAQ. Now jo- now Dow Jones. Everybody gets that reference. Mike Jones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, another person who was uh, low to the earth. Mike Jones. But yeah, I'd probably go to the Bally's <laughs> one first because that's the easiest. Jeez. Then, I'd, then I would do the Goldfield Hotel because here's the thing. Zach Baggins. I mean, there's a lot of fun there with like exploring kind of like this old town. You can hit up a tour of, a, of another ghost town. Boom town. Ghost towns, there's tons of them all over Nevada and out west. And Zach Baggins, I think, went there three different times. Yeah. That Gold Hill Hotel is fucking, it's fucked up. Which one more incenses you? The callousness that the MGM Grand approached fire safety or George Winfield chaining a prostitute to a radiator until she died and then murdering the baby? You know, it's fucked up, but it's like that one was the early 1900s. And so it's kind of like, all right. <laughs> wow! People are fucking barbaric stuff. Oh well, I give him a pass. It was a long that time ago. That MGM Grand Fire happened in 1980. Yeah, I was alive then. I was alive for both of these, I guess. But um, that happened in 1980. It's just, it's just, it's just like you should. It that should not have happened. It's it fucking sprinklers. Come on. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that I think I I think I agree with you. Like. There's so much smoking that goes on in casinos and shit. And it's like, yeah. How are there not sprinklers? <laughs> yeah, I do think, I guess I do think that I agree with you because obviously this was like a cheap move by MGM. Oh. Uh, and you can always count on like, you know, businesses to just ignore the individual human beings. So I guess human on human crime is more of a, is less of a, you know what I mean? Like, Plus, I don't know if George people. Winfield actually murdered a prostitute. That could just be a story. Yeah, that's true. Could just be a story to justify the ghost. If such a ghost exists. You know what? I actually soon. am going to change my... I'm going to go I'm gonna go look at the water babies. Wow. I want to go to Pyramid Lake. Wow, you want to go fishing? Yeah, I want to do some fishing. fishing. I want to do some kayaking. Yeah. Swimming. It's a we, beautiful we, lake. Lake sucker. Oh, I want to go find a big old lake sucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Find myself a mermaid. I'm going to find a lake sucker and uh, get myself a hot doorknob. That's right. 
Find me a cute little mermaid and give me a hot doorknob. Hey, it's me. I'm Sam Elliott. Do you like getting hot doorknobs? Hey, mermaids are kind of sexualized, but I don't get it. It depends. What's hot about a mermaid? I never looked at the ass end of a fish and was like, oh, god damn. I don't want to fuck that. I mean, I don't want to kink shame anybody, but... <laughs> Well, what mermaids, do you, do? you sort of jerk off on the mermaid? Yeah, probably. I mean, mermaids usually have like a pretty uh, rocking upper top bod. Yeah. Human bod. Yeah, they do. They always got, I mean, let's be honest, they got big old titties. <laughs> and when they're dudes, they're hunky dudes with six pack abs. Yeah. You never see like, you never see, you never see like fucking loser looking mermaids like us. Yeah. Fucking Re- gross where mermaids. Are the average mermaids. Yeah. Just a real ugly. Uh, or just uninteresting. I mean, King Neptune's got fucking, he's fucking got huge muscles. Yeah. Got fucking trident, full head of hair. I look like beard. Ursula from The Little Mermaid, but <laughs> Ursula wasn't even a mermaid. Oh, she, she was like some sort of a sea witch. She was a sea octopus witch. Yeah. She had octopus bottom. <laughs> I love that queen song, Octopus Bottom Girls. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they usually don't wear bras. They just you let their free flowing hair cover their. I mean, uh, dudes yeah. are into that. Yeah, horny little fishermen are into that stuff. Yeah, and you know, I mean, this is the thing. It's like you know, Tom Hanks is into it. These other fishermen are into it. Yeah, there's a lot of appeal to mermaids. What do you feel about it? But I guess yeah. What do you? I mean, you don't. There's no vaginal sex with a mermaid because fish don't have vaginas, as far as I know. Yeah, what do they have? Like cloacas. <laughs> You, you know, think everything has a cloaca. Everything's got to go. They probably do because they lay eggs. Yeah, I mean, they lay, eggs, they lay and eggs and then you eggs, come on the eggs. Yeah, they just leave the eggs and then you jizz on them. And then that's So I it. guess that's what you do. If you're having sex with a mermaid, I would imagine your first time, you probably want her to give you a hot doorknob and then you come on her eggs. But you probably need to wear a condom because you don't want to fucking make babies. <laughs> The thing with mermaids, though, Andy, is they're also they're also sirens. They could just eat the eggs. Well, there you go. You could have some uh, fish roe. You could have some uh, mermaid ca- roe caviar. I mean, how? Well, I mean, it's not caviar, Art. Why? Only sturgeon roe can be called caviar legally. So we'd be having mermaid roe. Mermaid roe sounds like another whorehouse. Mermaid, mermaid row, row. Whorehouses. Uh Mermaid Row. Great record label. Mermaid Row. <laughs> so many good so many good artists. Here's the thing though, mermaids are usually sirens as well. So they are yeah, they, are they, they won't shut up when there's a fire. Yeah. They are they should have got some of those in the MGM Grand. The right. mermaids look out for fires. They're tricking these men, Andy, into falling in love with them. And they're not actually these beautiful creatures. They're these horribly disgusting uh, monsters. Wow, are they like full fish then? They're fish monsters. I mean, it's sort of like people who people who are into mermaids are kind of telling on themselves in that they're only interested in the top halves of people. That they never think about what's yeah, I don't below know what the, the waist bottom of half human. does for you. Yeah. Well, they're tit guys. Is that what you're saying? They're not ass guys. Well, I mean, for anything. Yeah. It's like to me, it's like this. I mean, is there any? You know, are people into the fish part? Some people got to be. Probably. You're right. Somebody's into the fish part. I'm just saying. It's like, what if what if it was a, a reverse mermaid? Very scaly. Fish, fish face. Oh, that's even better. Human bottom half. Oh, yeah. Um, 
or the the most rarest mermaid of all, the double mermaid. Yeah, just the top fish. half of a fish, the bottom half of a fish. The sexiest of all. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know what's up with fish. I'm always into reverse double mermaids. <laughs> top half of a human, bottom half of a human. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're gonna go for like a half human, half beast, you might as well fuck a centaur. Oh yeah, or like a satyr or something. Yeah. What would you prefer, a satyr or a centaur? I think centaurs have more utility. It's not just a sex a thing. A centaur can help you with your groceries. <laughs> I can ride my centaur wife around town and in a non-sexual way. You can ride your wife to work. Yeah. I can take my wife to work. I can take my wife grocery shopping. And she's got the whole package. Yeah. It's just her. You know, she's got this muscular horse body. Do you think centaurs have to wear diapers? You know, some of these cities have (laughs) rules. They have rules where horses have to wear diapers. Do you think centaurs have to wear diapers? They should. If we ever find them. I don't know. Because they they got the human brain. It's not like the butt is totally uncontrollable, right? I suppose that's true. So they should be able to say, I need to go poop. And then they could go into a bathroom that can accommodate a centaur. Oh my god, a centaur wife is the most All right. such a good you'd have such a synergistic marriage with a centaur wife. We're agreed, fuck satyrs. Uh centaur or minotaur? If you had your choice. Centaur still. Minotaur way too aggressive. Way too aggro. Always trapping me in a maze. She's always you can't understand what she's saying. She's trapping you in a maze all the time. <laughs> yeah, the centaur I guess is just more like a, just a, a, a anthropomorphic bull. It's just a person. Yeah. <clears throat> It's just a person. I mean, the Minotaur is yes. just more like a bull. Right. Yeah. Uh, super aggro. Always wants to Greco-Roman wrestle you. Won't shut up. Always wants to get, puts tzatziki on everything, which I'm okay with, but all the other stuff. I don't know. You're making the Minotaur sound pretty good to me. You want to get lost in a maze every single day? I'm going to get wrestled and get tzatziki? And get lost in a maze. And she's going to lock you in a maze. Ah, uh, That sounds great. Minotaurs are known for mazes. Yeah. I'm still team centaur. Hmm. So any centaurs out there? I guess, I guess, you know, probably if you were married to a minotaur, like you lived with a minotaur, the minotaur would probably be like in charge of, you know, the kitchen, right? Like probably the layout of your home because they love mazes. So, you know, it's like you trying to cook dinner and it's like, well, I got to go trying to get a pan. I got to go through pan's labyrinth to get there. Thank you. <sighs> Unbelievable. And then finally, of course, there's Medusa. So you want to date a half snake, half oh yeah, human. Oh man, Medusa's but, so hot, gets me rock hard. Yeah, I thank you, Andy. I think you are the. I think every time somebody makes that joke, they have to turn to an stone. Angel, an angel loses its wings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going team centaur. If I'm gonna have, to, if somebody's forcing me at gunpoint to marry. A half-human, half-animal mythical creature. I am still going Team Centaur. A lot of utility out of that. Very low cost. I mean, here's the thing, though. You have to have a stable. So your Centaur partner has to live in hay and stuff, and they have to eat. But they're only eating oats and apples and stuff. I mean... Why? (laughs) They're human. They can't sleep on a bed. They're a Centaur. 
<laughs> why couldn't they horses sleep, sleep standing up, Andy? Why couldn't they sleep on the floor? Maybe, but I mean, all those hoof marks in the house? Come on. You're going to be spending a lot on why shoes. You, why do you only feed your centaur wife oats and apples? <laughs> That's what she wants. It's so easy. Now, never again will ever be like, where do you want to go eat tonight? I don't know. I always know what she wants. Quaker oats. Easy. Fucking done. <laughs> apples. If, if I married a centaur, I'm taking my centaur wife to, to A&W root beer stand. And we're going to get root beer floats and chili dogs. <laughs> Your centaur wife's going to die, dude. Because I don't think that she can process fucking onion rings and burgers. <laughs> where does the digestion tract begin? Because they got that human abdomen. <laughs> I guess that's true. God, so many questions have been left unanswered. Yeah. We need to know. <laughs> Send us some homemade drawings of centaur anatomy. If anybody could send us those, that'd be great. Oh, uh, that'd be wonderful, please. Uh, all right, if you had to marry, if you had to be in a sexual relationship with a half animal, half human hybrid, and you got to pick the animal, which oh, animal wow. would you pick? I don't know. I'm still going centaur. I'd go uh, black bear. Wow. Why? It seems like comforting, warm, very warm. Yeah. Uh, big claws. <laughs> yeah. How does that work? Is it like a centaur where it's like just the head of the bear is chopped off and you fucking attached a human on there? Yeah, you got half waist up. It's waist up. It's like a mermaid God, situation. That'd be very tall. Waist up. It's a human. Waist down. It's a black bear. Yeah, you have to scratch her back all the time. <laughs> you better put a lid on your fucking garbage cans, Andy. <laughs> the top half is the human. <laughs> <laughs> you just assume this is a human who eats garbage. <laughs> okay, okay, Andy. These mythical creatures can't be like they can't be fully fucking human with just animal parts. There's got to be some animal part to it, right? Oh, I see. Oh, I see. They have to act like a. <laughs> they have to act like the animal. I guess I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. We're interpreting it different ways. <laughs> You're like, they're just going to be a normal human, but they have a bear body. It's like, okay. like <laughs> I didn't know I was going to have to take into consideration the behavior of the animal. <laughs> My poor centaur wife is like, please, I just want a salad. Like, I just want a steak or some nice steak dinner. No, honey, you have some more oats. <laughs> Uncooked oats. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. Oh, good lord. Punk fuckers, let us know what do you what would you choose if you had to have a mythical <clears throat> half human, half animal hybrid partner? What would you choose and why? Let us know. Email us mrbunkerbot.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at mrbunkerbot. Go on the Mr. Bunker subreddit, subreddit www.reddit.com. <laughs> W Reddit forward slash R forward slash <laughs> Mr. Bunker Pod. Let us know. Andy, we got to get to verdicts on this topic. Yeah, we've got a lot of verdicts to get through here. Um, um, so let's see. Verdicts, verdicts, verdicts. I got, I got, I mean, I got mine. Oh, yeah, go, go for it. Uh, I gotta get my I, scale. You know, I'm gonna go, uh, case closed for Water Babies. Uh, I do not believe that water babies exist. I do think that this is a legend of some kind. 
a legend of the hidden temple, if you will. Um, I'm going to go case closed for the hotel murder. I'm going to go case closed for the whorehouse incident because I'm not even sure that happened. It could have just been a story. Passed down. Yeah. People of Carson City. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go plausible uh, quirk for the MGM Grand just because fuck them for not putting in sprinklers. <laughs> they deserve to get haunted. Even though it's now the Bailey. The Baileys inherited their bullshit. MGM Grand. You know, it's Bailey's, right? Bailey's, whatever. Uh, the Bailey's. I drink Bailey's from a shoe. <laughs> MGM Grand rebuilt it and then sold it to Harrah's, which then made it Bally's. And then MGM Grand moved somewhere else and they got away scot-free. That's bullshit. Yeah. So if any of the ghosts of the MGM Grand fire are listening to the story, I am encouraging you to move to the new MGM Grand hotel location. Leave the Bally's. That's not where you need to be. You don't need to be tied to the location. You need to be tied to the people that did this to you. Right. So plausible quirk for that. Just yeah. because. Okay. Fucking sprinklers. They're a no-brainer. Very sound verdicts. Um, I didn't think about it, but <clears throat> you kind of made it simple for me. I was overcomplicating this verdict situation. Uh, I don't gee, be- Andy, I wonder where you were going to go with a ghost topic. Ah, geez. I don't believe in ghosts, so case closed across the board. <laughs> These ghosts aren't real. <laughs> it was probably some real person that threw a brick at Zach Baggins. <laughs> Boy, and Zach Baggins really does shriek on that episode. He really fucking screams bloody murder. And it's very funny because like two minutes before the that encounter, he says something like, we're not afraid of you. And then that happens and he... He was afraid. He flips out. Yeah. But... Bunkfuckers, those It's were, compelling TV. It is very compelling TV. Ghost Adventures. We love it. Uh, Bunkfuckers, those were our verdicts. Let us know what you think about these four topics. And what you think about Nevada in general um, and all the other weird stuff we talked about. Let us know about that as well. Uh, use the hashtag. Uh, hashtag Timber Me Kate. Hashtag. Or hashtag Burley-esque. Timber Me Take or Kate hashtag Burley-esque. And let us know what you think about this topic. Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Bunker Pod. Um, you can uh, look on our website, uh, Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time.com. Find us on YouTube, YouTube search Mr. Bunker Pod. And find us on our new subreddit. If you're a fan, lots of other w- easy way to connect with other Bunker fans. Talk about episodes, talk about all the weird fucking questions we bring up. <laughs> Reddit.com forward slash R forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. And as always, if you feel so inclined, you have the means to do so. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod, where you can get new episodes of our Patreon-only show. Andy and I are debunked every single month, and sometimes bonus episodes, um, as well as newsletters, access to the Bunker Discord. We can chat with us and other bunk funkers, sneak peeks when uh, they're applicable, <laughs> <laughs> and the videos whenever those come back. Um, but uh, you get you also get like a lot of insider info. It's a good place to be. Great a, place to be. We just did a Check fun episode that was very well well received on Guinness World Records. Uh, yeah, the Guinness World Records, the Book of World Records. Um, Andy, this was a very silly <clears throat> episode, but a fun topic. Oh yeah, great topic. Thanks I mean, again to Shaquam. Yeah, 
Shay, thank you. Uh, Bunk Funkers, please do let us know which animals you find most sexually attractive uh, and that you'd like to see merged with a human. And let us know what kind of configuration you'd like. Top half human, top half animal, right side animal, right. left side human. Oh, we didn't even consider those left and right sides. Uh, maybe some sort of a banded approach where it's interspersed. Like, you know, maybe it's just a regular human covered in <clears throat> armadillo scales. There you go. Uh, I mean, we'd love to hear what turns you on and what gets you off. Thanks for joining us here on Mr. Bunker's Sex Chat. <laughs> this is now a sex-themed podcast. You mean, wait a minute, it, it wasn't always? <laughs> no, 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 but for uh, not... No, 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 but... For not the digital Mr. Bunker, but for my... Oh, fun. Oh, fun. Ghost. Andy Hart, I'm Art Stone, saying that was the whole enchilada. Ooh, I'm a ghost. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.